Hi, I'm Tom Guerra, Director of Operations for CBIA Energy Connections, a program that has helped CBIA members save on their electricity and gas expenses since 1999. In today's BizCast, I'll be speaking with Chella Sine Bernie, Managing Partner of Citrine Power, who will tell us about how her company is leading the way on the development of renewable power plants. Chella is an investment professional in the renewable power generation space with a focus on commercial and industrial and small scale utility power plants. Prior to founding Citrine Power, she served in multiple senior positions at several major renewable energy capital firms, developing, acquiring, and financing renewable energy projects. Chella spent the earlier part of her career as a strategy consultant at IBM Corporate and Arthur Anderson, and prior to that, earned an MBA from Harvard Business School. Her company, Citrine Power, is a developer of and investor in renewable power plants with a focus on large-scale commercial and industrial distributed generation and small-scale utility systems. Citrine is a Connecticut-based and certified woman-owned business operating mostly in the Northeast with a focus on Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, and Massachusetts, though they have expanded into the Midwest and Mid-Atlantic regions. Collectively, their team has developed, financed, and built more than 60 projects representing $200 million of financing. Welcome to the CBIA BizCast, Chella. Thank you for having me. Um, thanks for that introduction. I'm excited to be a member to CBIA and um, be discussing this um, with you today. Great. Uh, to start off, can you give us an idea of the type of projects Citrine Power does in Connecticut that Connecticut-based businesses might take advantage of um, in order to consume renewable power? Sure. Um, in Connecticut, um, in, in general, like you mentioned, we work with distributed generation projects, um, generally in the one to five megawatt range. Uh, from a physical real estate perspective, what does that mean? Uh, it generally means if you have um, property in the four to 20 acre range, if it's a ground mounted solar system, or if it's um, a roof mounted system, ideally it will be 100,000 square foot and above. Um, so the types of projects that we do uh, from a very, uh, we do two types of projects in Connecticut. One of them are what we call behind the meter. As an example, we will uh, go and assess the roof of a manufacturing facility. We will look at all of their annual consumption of electricity. We will size a system based on their annual electricity consumption and the real estate that they have on their roof. And once we own and operate and build those solar systems, and they can take advantage of a discounted power that's going to feed into their building and re uh, reduce their power bills. But also taking advantage of renewable energy. So that's what we call a behind the meter. And that's the most straightforward vanilla type of solar project that we can do for any kind of uh, business that actually has a lot of electricity consumption. The other type of project that we do, which land itself into larger projects, and typically they're on the ground because it's hard to find a lot of uh, root space um, at that scale, are what we call virtual net metering projects. Uh, but those are in, in Connecticut, they're only available for um, municipal farm and state organizations. So they're not really, uh, we don't really do anything with the businesses. Um, we're hoping that at some point, maybe that kind of program is going to expand to businesses as well. But currently the businesses are 
on-site behind the meter solar systems. Um, those are the types of projects that businesses can take care, um, advantage of. Um, and since we're investors, the, the beauty of it is generally um, the um, businesses don't really have to spend any of the capital expenditure of these solar systems, which we can get into. Now, how would a Connecticut company work with you or a similar company? What would be the first step in getting started? The first step is to call us. <laughs> Once they call us, um, we will um, first have a conversation with them about available property that they have, where their electricity consumption is. Um, for example, if it's a manufacturing facility, they'll have to tell us um, exactly the location of their property, um, even if it's on the phone, um, and overall, their last 12 months of consumption. And um, those are the two information, two pieces of information that we need. We have all the software right now, even though solar um, seems like a new sector, it really isn't very new. We have a lot of mature um, software that we can uh, look into properties on the satellite and can assess how much we can fit into a physical space. So the two constraining um, items are how much can we fit in the physical space that they have, whether it's on the ground or the roof, um, what are the limitations, and what kind of consumption do they have? Between those two things, we can actually give them a proposal or an idea about how much um, they're going to be reducing their power bills um, by. So those are the starting points. We obviously are a Connecticut firm, so we all, and we um, mainly operate in the Northeast. So we like to go and drive by to all of our um, landlords, uh, our clients and our systems. Um, so we'll be able to get in the car and go there very quickly. Um, if it's a rooftop system, we also have to, um, and this question comes up a lot uh, from uh, property owners. Um, a lot of the times, you know, what about the structural integrity? What about the roof age, et cetera? And we will assess all of those things on our own dime um, to the extent that they have any kind of warranties and, you know, any kind of engineering reports that they have on their building. That'll be great, but we will assess that on our own. Uh, we will not actually put any kind of system on any roofs that's not structurally sound. So there's lots of technical questions that come, but everything first starts with, hey, I'm interested in putting solar. I don't really want to spend the money myself. Uh, what can you guys do for us? We really want to reduce our power uh, bills. At the same time, we want to take advantage of renewable energy. That's the starting point of our conversation, and we can get creative. Right. In terms of annual minimum usage, um, how, how small of a company would Citrine look at? That's a very good question. I think in an ideal world, um, for us, it would be probably 1.6 million kilowatt hours, which more or less um, translates into a one megawatt project. If, sure. it's in, on, if it's on the roof, um, we can go smaller. We can go almost by half of it. Half a megawatt is probably our cutoff for for it to make sense for everybody. Sure. Um, so call it 800,000 uh, kilowatt hours a year. If it's on the ground, we really want to be one megawatt or above. Um, the reason for that is the permitting process for um, on the ground projects and the due diligence required is a lot more involved. Um, so doing a smaller project is really not worth the time and effort um, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes, um, to the, to the off taker, the landlord, um, or, or for us. So we ballpark, we really don't like to do anything on the ground that's less than a megawatt, but again, um, it all depends on the site. So we're happy to um, 
evaluate everything. And we're very quick because this is really not rocket science. It's very straightforward. And we're very much constrained by the rules and regulations, um, both at the state level and at the local town level. And we know them pretty well. We yep. can easily give them feedback saying that, listen, I can't really put this here. Or yes, we can do it. Let's just talk. Great. That's a great segue into our next question, which is what are the biggest hurdles or barriers your business faces in Connecticut to grow? Oh, um, um, the one of the biggest barriers in Connecticut is that, of course, selfishly, as a renewable energy industry, we don't feel like we have a large enough program to grow our businesses meaningfully. Um, you know, we're environmentalists, and this is our business at the same time. So in our ideal world, uh, we want to have unlimited access and unlimited um, capacity to be able to put um, solar on every rooftop. Um, in Connecticut. Um, of course, that's not realistic. Uh, it's not realistic for a variety of reasons, one of which is essentially um, solar is intermittent. Um, we have to work with the distribution companies, Eversource and United Illuminating um, in Connecticut mostly. Um, and they have to do a lot of legwork on their end in terms of engineering to take on this kind of solar into their distribution system. Um, and they're working with us. Um, uh, Pura is also working with us and Deep is working with the industry to actually grow. But compared to the other Northeastern states, call it Massachusetts, um, New Jersey and New York, the capacity available for us to be able to grow our business is a lot more limited in Connecticut. Yeah, Connecticut is a smaller state, but we would like it for it to be a little bit bigger. That's our wish. That's our biggest constraint to grow our business. The other one, um, I don't know if they are constraints, um, but you know, sometimes I go back and forth with that. For our larger projects that are um, uh, two mega, uh, one megawatt and above, we have to go for permitting on the for ground-mounted projects. Mm -hmm. We have to go to the siting council. We actually like that process. Um, some developers think that it's a hurdle. We think it's really not too big of a hurdle. It's very expensive, but there's no stone unturned, and the Siting Council, together with DEEP, they do a very thorough job to make sure that we're not really trying to put a renewable energy system to benefit the environment while actually negating some of the, you know, we're creating some environmental problems. They're very thorough, a lot more thorough than other states. So we think because it takes out a lot of the unknown for all of the constituents in such a, um, you know, thorough system, as I said, it's, it's, it's almost beneficial. And I know it's kind of controversial to say this because a lot of people think, oh, why don't we just go to the local town to get our permits? Mm -hmm. I think as the industry matures, it's, it's much better to have um, more sophisticated permitting processes in place. Um, so that's a hurdle uh, in Connecticut to do larger projects, but it's, it's not a bad hurdle. It's just something that we have to pass through to make sure that we're all in agreement. Sure. Um, yeah, and um, I think the third, and, and this is a large hurdle, is to make sure that the um, distribution companies work with us. Um, to, because our we need their distribution lines to actually make our power available to the off-takers. Uh -huh. um, we understand that our systems are intermittent. Um, I think the, uh, the distribution companies have come a long way over the years. I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, compared to what they were maybe even five years ago, they're a lot more sophisticated and they are really making um, their capacity and where they have congestion available to us so that we can plan accordingly, that process could be faster 
and a lot more streamlined, we think, again. So I'm sure if you go to the electric distribution companies, the Eversource and UI, you'll hear differently because they'll be like, oh, no, we really have to do it like at this pace. You know, that's the give and take that we have. But as the, as the industry matures, and we've seen it in other states, that process gets a lot quicker. So I think hopefully Connecticut is going to get there too. Great. In terms of, of looking at what you do in, in the form of a case study, you and I have talked about uh, various projects you're involved in. Can you walk us through a sample project like your upcoming endeavor in North Brantford that is really a true partnership between the town, Citrine Power, and some of the Connecticut agencies you previously mentioned? Sure, um, that, that is a very good um, example and we're very excited about that project. Um, even though it's not involves a company, but it gives you an idea about how we work and try to solve problems. Uh, about maybe 15 months ago, we right before COVID or maybe right when COVID was starting, we actually um, found a piece of property from a private landlord in the town of North Bramford. And it was very suitable for solar. And we touched base both with the landlord saying, hey, listen, we want to lease this property. Would you be open to this? And we also talked with the town we never start any project without talking to the town, especially ground mounted projects, even if the town is not benefiting from it, even if it's on private land that a manufacturer is going to be benefiting from it doesn't really matter because we really want the towns to be involved and in love with our projects and, you know, um, approve it. And, um, but in this case, the town was going to be virtually going, uh, potentially benefit from the discounted power. So we actually pulled them in. They were very receptive. Uh, very forward-thinking um, um, town, um, and they knew the landlord really well. So the three of us got together in terms of how we can make this happen. The issue with the property was, even though the property itself, the, uh, the property that we're going to be uh, putting our project on um, is perfectly clean, um, it was under investigation by DEEP because the landlord had inherited um, a bunch of properties that DEEP um, had an investigation on. The former owner of the property, uh, all these collection of properties actually had a lot of deep violations and it, it was going on for years. Um, and our landlord had opportunistically um, gotten these properties, but really didn't have the means or the money um, to clean up um, uh, these properties. So the way that we set up and deep was very helpful and um, we all decided that we want to make this project a reality where we're going to put our solar project is not under deep violation uh, even though it's bundled with all of these um, deep agreed to take our project or allow our project to be built um, as long as the money that we were going to we, we pay an annual lease to the landlord mm -hmm. the annual lease is going to be pulled towards cleaning up of the other properties so our project is not only it has three large benefits. One, we're renewable energy, of course, to meet our state standards, um, RPS standards. Second, we're going to be under the virtual net metering program, which is um, going into a new version right now, but in, we're, we're grandfathered into the old version. The town and all of the town accounts, including schools and all of their municipal buildings are going to be benefiting from a very large discount to save um, uh, on their power bills. Thirdly, um, we're gonna be able to, well, not us, but the landlord and DEEP are going to have the funds coming from our solar project um, to be able to clean the other properties that have been there for a long time. Uh, and that's going to be used towards cleaning the property. So I, we thought that it was a very um, elegant setup to benefit multiple constituencies. And um, 
and the agencies were very receptive to the idea. Um, in general, there's a lot of receptivity towards using um, unused or formerly contaminated land yeah. um, for solar purposes too. This is not one of those, um, but you know, similar idea where our, the, the funds from our system is going to be going towards um, cleaning up the other properties. So we're very excited. We're hoping to break ground on that project um, probably early fall. And um, the town has worked with us tirelessly um, on getting to where we are right now. So we like to thank them. Um, and we're very excited about the, pro uh, the project. So it, it just shows you um, when we find a property, um, we don't really give up very quickly. We actually do find uh, try to find uh, quick solutions or even if they are long solutions, long-term solutions, we're really creative in terms of um, you know, partnering up with the local authorities and the agencies. Great. Thank you very much for your time today, Chella, and please keep us posted on other future developments for Citrine Power. For those watching, I invite you to check out our other bizcasts at cbia.com. Thank you.